these trips were on him. The phone rang again, and I snatched it up with a hurried greeting, eagerly anticipating Caleb's familiar Kiwi accent, the soft rumble of his voice saying, Joe, love. But there was nothing. I sighed in frustration. Caleb's calls from abroad were always marked with exasperating delays, echoes, and strange clicks, but they had been particularly difficult on this trip. Hello? I tried again. Caleb? I think we have a bad connection. But even as the words left my mouth, I noted the lack of static. The connection was crisp. So crisp, in fact, that I could hear the sound of someone breathing. And... something else. What was that? I strained to listen and thought I heard someone humming. The tune familiar but unplaceable. A warning tingle danced up my spine. Caleb, I said again, even though I was no longer convinced my boyfriend was on the other end of the line. I'm going to hang up. If you can hear me, call me back. I miss you. I lowered the phone, and in the second before I pushed the disconnect button, I heard a hauntingly familiar feminine voice quietly say, I miss you too. I dropped the phone my hands shaking and my heart thundering against my ribcage. It was just a bad connection, I told myself. Those had been my own words echoed back at me. There had been no two. It was three in the morning, after all. It hadn't been her. It couldn't have been. It had been nearly ten years. She wouldn't call me now. Not like this. Something bad has happened. I grabbed the phone and checked my call log, but there were no clues, just a vague, unknown caller. Something bad has happened, I thought again, before sternly ordering myself to stop. It was only Caleb, only a bad transcontinental connection, nothing that hadn't happened before. But it still took me two doses of NyQuil before I could fall back asleep. It was almost eleven by the time I woke, and in the light of day, the mysterious early morning phone call seemed like nothing more than a bad dream. I fired off a quick, confident email to Caleb. Sorry we had such a bad connection last night. Call again soon. XOXO. And laced up my running shoes. I paused in the doorway of the Cobble Hill Brownstone to chat about the weather with the elderly woman who lived on the first floor, and then took off toward the Brooklyn Heights promenade. When Caleb and I moved from Auckland to New York two years ago— I had imagined that glamour would infuse even the most mundane aspects of our lives. I had expected to be taking in cutting-edge art on my walk to the train, browsing heirloom tomatoes alongside Maggie Gyllenhaal at the Brooklyn Farmer's Market, and admiring the expansive view of the Statue of Liberty as I jogged across the Brooklyn Bridge. In reality, the most street art I saw was chalk-drawn hopscotch boards and the occasional spray-painted tag on a trash can. I never purchased heirloom tomatoes at the farmer's market because their cost was laughably astronomical, and the only celebrity I ever rubbed elbows with was a real housewife, who, I should note, took vocal offense to the price of those same tomatoes. As for jogging across the Brooklyn Bridge, it remained a good idea in theory, but a terrible one in practice. The bridge was constantly clogged with camera-toting tourists, bicycles, and strollers. I found I much preferred the calm of the promenade with its wide path, notable lack of tourists, and similarly impressive view. 
I arrived home sweaty and invigorated, with just enough time to shower and fix a sandwich before I had to leave for my afternoon shift at the bookstore. Growing up, I had imagined myself wearing a suit and heels to work every day. The exact outfit fluctuated with my mood, but often resembled those of Christina Applegate's character in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I would have been shocked to discover my nearly 30-year-old self wore jeans and Chuck Taylors to work. Teenaged me would no doubt have considered it a failure, but while I might not be on the path I had once envisioned, I was largely content working in the bookstore. Early on in our tenure in New York, I had used a temp agency to find some administrative positions, but they'd made me want to tear out my hair, and then I discovered that the bookstore down the street was hiring. I started with a few hours a week, supplementing the income with a part-time gig as a barista, but over the last couple of years, I had increased my hours until it was a full-time position. I loved every minute I spent.